Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Mr. Beacon podcast is sponsored by Williot. Scaling IoT with battery-free Bluetooth. Welcome to the Mr. Beacon podcast. This week, we are going to be talking to Brian Bauer from Algoremo in Chile uh, about IoT and the circular economy. Brian, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast. Thank you for the invitation. It's an honor to be here. I'm really looking forward to the discussion. Yeah, so uh, you're in Chile. I'm thinking it's actually winter there, isn't it? Uh, it's hard. I'm sweating up in San Diego, and you're probably quite cool in... Uh, where, where are you in Chile? In Santiago, the capital. So it's, it's got a fairly Mediterranean climate. It's pretty nice. Today, it's in, in Fahrenheit. It would be around maybe 65 or so. So our, our daytime temperatures are 60 to 70 during the wintertime, so not too bad. Maybe the odd day they can get down in the 50s or something, but the pretty nice climate here, so it's not too bad. But yeah, it is our wintertime. And how did you end up uh, south of the equator? I was doing, um, it's kind of a long story, I guess. I guess the simple answer is my wife's Chileno. And okay. so that, that was kind of the big draw. But previous to, to meeting my wife, I had traveled a lot to Latin America and really like Latin America and really like the ocean and the mountains. And in Chile, you're always right beside both of those because the country is only about 150, 200 miles wide at the widest point. And maybe, or no, slightly more than maybe 250 miles wide at the widest point. So you're always right beside the mountains, right beside the ocean. I love both of those, really like the culture, the climate. And so it's been easy to, to be here. Well, I'm really pleased that you're joining us to talk about the circular economy. This is a phrase that a lot of people heard. They don't, they sort of understand it, but they don't really know what it is. And, and it's getting to be very, very big. Um, it's uh, very big for lots of reasons. There's massive corporations that are moving in this direction. It's, it's a movement uh, around uh, environmental sustainability, but it has business implications, it has business model, technical implications. And it's connected with IoT, which is how we justify uh, digressing into this unusual uh, area for our, our discussions. Um, Maybe we should uh, explain a bit about the perspective from which you come at it uh, and uh, tell us a bit about uh, Algoremo, uh, what, what, what you do um, and uh, at a very basic level. And, and you've got some amazing partnerships with 
massive companies. There's a lot of stuff happening, but just at a basic level, what does your company do? Well, maybe I'll go back in history a little bit to provide a little context on Algramo because that will put a better context on what we're doing now. So basically Algramo came into existence in 2013 and it came into existence because the founder, Jose Manuel Moller, he was studying economics and business administration and he was living in a comfortable upper-class home in Chile with his parents, but he wanted to move out and live with some friends. So to do that, they had to move out their students. They didn't have a lot of income. They ended up living in a really marginalized community, which is a pretty typical community in much of Chile. And he was in charge, Jose was in charge of buying the, the staples and for cooking and basic things for the house. And he quickly realized while he was studying economics and business that there was kind of a market failure at play that was forcing him and all of his neighbors around him with uh, limited and volatile incomes to pay about 30 to 40% more for life's essentials because they're buying in smaller format packaging. And he created El Gramo to solve that problem. So paying, paying more when you're buying smaller format packaging, he turned the poverty tax. So the poverty tax occurs when you have limited volatile incomes, you pay substantially more, 30, 30 to 40% more on a per unit basis for your product. And you also, you're, you're buying in smaller format packaging, which is more likely to escape into the environment. So El Gramo came into existence to, to solve that problem, that kind of double problem, the social problem of eroding disposable incomes of low-income families and the complex environmental problem of plastic leaking into the environment. So that was the roots of El Gramo. And we started doing that with reusable packaging. I've been with El Gramo for four years too, a little context on my involvement with El Gramo. I've been here four years. I lead circular economy and alliances. And we started doing that with reusable packaging. Initially in 2015, the reuse rates on our packaging weren't that great. They were around 10%. And over the past, over the past um, couple of years, we've been able to get those rates up over 80%. And that created a really interesting opportunity for us. It caught the attention of Unilever Chile. We were at that point in time, up until then, we, were, we basically saw them as a direct competitor. We're selling laundry detergent. They're selling laundry detergent. Obviously their orders of magnitude must are more bigger than we are. Mm -hmm. And we saw them as a competition, but then we realized there was an opportunity to basically work with them and help them sell their detergent so that they could sell their detergent more sustainably without the packaging waste. So that conversation started in 2018. It led to a pilot project starting in, in mid-2019. And then that pilot project was scaled up at the start of this year in 2020. And so what El is doing now is we're taking the lessons learned from, from our reusable packaging systems with El Gramo, what we call 1.0, which is selling to a network of about 2,200 family-owned neighborhood stores in marginalized lower-income areas of Santiago. And we're taking those lessons, we're developing technology, distribution systems essentially, focused on Internet of Things technology, and integrating that technology into the supply chains of brands like Unilever, Nestle, and we're in discussions with most other major brands, so that those brands can sell just the product and not the packaging waste, because for brands really, the packaging is an independent business. It's not, it's not part of their business model. It actually just creates problems for them because they get, um, you know, NGOs are, are after them for all the plastic that's ending up in the ocean and where it shouldn't be. And we're providing a solution for the brands so that they can sell just the packet or just the product, not the packaging and for the lowest prices. So the technology we're using a dis distribution system we've created right now in Chile 
is enabling Unilever to sell their products for about 30 to 35% below business as usual costs. That's over supermarket regular prices. And the customer can buy exactly how much they want. In the context of COVID, it's really good for the customer because we do free at-home refills. They're not deliveries, they're refills because the consumer has the container. And from the point of view of, of technology, this is a technology podcast. So one thing that's really interesting, we, we have what we call packaging as a wallet technology. So what we're doing is we're, we're typically using business as usual packaging from the brands that we're working with, Nestle and Unilever. But we take, we basically take um, an RFID chip, put it under the label, put the label over top of it, and then that creates a digital wallet or enables a digital wallet that's connected to a cross-brand, cross-product payment platform. And then the bottle or the packaging unit goes underneath the IoT-connected vending machine and the person can buy by the gram. El gramo actually means by the gram. It's a Spanish word. So they can buy oh. by the gram, or by the liter, by the ounce, whatever unit you want to use. Okay. And pay the same for unit cost, regardless of how much they buy. So if you're, if you're, say, you don't have a big family, you just want to buy a liter or two liters or smaller amounts, you can do that. And that's kind of a high-level, quick overview of El Gramo. That's a very comprehensive one as well. Thank you for, uh, for that. So the detergent that you're selling, is it your own detergent or is it the Unilever detergent? We started out with El Gramo 1.0, selling through the network of family-owned neighborhood stores with El Gramo's own white label detergent. And we still have that. It's still a really important part of El Gramo. But the new El Gramo, the 2.0 version that we're, we're building to scale into the world, we're actually expanding to the New York area in approximately a month from now. So that's moving really fast. We're really excited about that. And uh, the new model, it's co-branded global brand in El Gramo. So it's the exact same in the case of Unilever. We're selling Omo laundry detergent. It's one of their more popular global brands. Uh -huh. It's Omo detergent from Unilever, co-branded with El Gramo. And with Nestle, we're just launching a, a pet food opportunity. So we have these electric tricycles and the electric tricycles get paged to your house, kind of like Uber essentially, it's through an app. And then the tricycle comes to your house and it fills up the either Purina, cat or dog food, and you buy exactly how much you want. You can buy five kilos, you can buy 10 kilos. We're also offering, in the case of um, pet food, it's an interesting opportunity because we can do um, subscriptions because you generally know how much food your, your cat or dog is going to eat. And then it's just a real simple way for people to A, pay the lowest cost, completely decouple packaging waste from the consumption process and the convenience of having it come to your home. And we're looking to scale this model into various key markets in Latin America, Europe, United States, and wherever else we have interest from strategic implementation partners and where our brands advise us there's strong demand for distribution system. So how does this, tell me again how the detergent, uh, just uh, double click on the detergent application. So it's OMO, which I remember from my childhood in, uh, in England. Uh, so it is a global uh, brand. It's the, what's the delivery vehicle for, uh, for the owner again? Okay, so here's a picture of one, or tr one of our tricycles. They say a picture is a thousand words. I think in the case of an Elgramo tricycle, it's maybe 2,000 words. Right, and yeah. it's a beautiful so thing. So this is, a, this is substantial. It's not a, not a bike. It's sort of almost like a van that's on, a, on, on three wheels, right? Yeah, there are three wheels. They're powered by, by batteries, so it's electric to reduce the um, emissions, which is also very in line with circular economy because circular yeah. economy 
is all about having renewable energy systems that, yes. that drive the circular economy. And it holds about it holds about 800 pounds of product. So that's the size, the payload that it has. And we basically have reusable business to business, B2B reusable plastic containers that get filled up with um, OMO. This is the co-branded, we were just talking about if we're co-branded, how the branding works. This is the okay. co-branded Algramo Unilever OMO laundry detergent. And so we have these 200, in the case of OMO, it's 200 liters. So in gallons, I think that would be 55, 60 gallons. And there, so there's 55, 60 liter, or 55 or 60 gallon or 200 liter um, thick plastic containers that the OMO goes into. That gets deposited into the back of the tricycle. The tricycle sells the product. That container comes out, it gets washed and gets refilled. So the re we have reusable packaging on both the B2B and the B2C containers. So the packaging or the, the basically the, the vessel for the product, for the OMO product that goes into the tricycle, that's a 200 liter or approximately a 60 gallon reusable plastic container. So both on the B2B side, there's reusable packaging. And then on the B2C side, the customer gets this, re this is the co-branded, we were talking about how if the product's co-branded uh -huh. or not. This is the co-branded Unilever El Gramo Omo detergent. And underneath this label is an RFID chip. And what that creates is what we call packaging as a wallet. And what's really special about that is it enables us to do refill without having to have the economic and environmentally expensive costs of reverse logistics on the packaging. Right. El Gramo's first business model where we did exchange systems where people would buy the packaging and the product and then bring the empty packaging back and get a discount on the future system. We've yes. been doing that for the past five or six years and there's a massive amount of reverse logistics. It's complicated, it's expensive um, for ourselves, for the storekeepers, for the end consumer. But with this system we have, it's very unique. There's very few people, if anyone doing what we're doing, and that our system does not have reverse logistics and the consumer always has their container. The consumer only touches their container, which is very popular in the context of COVID because if you go by at the supermarket, you don't know if one person or 10 people have touched your container. With, with us in our system, it's only you that touches the container. So very secure in that context. And what about the payment system? So the, uh, the RFID or NFC, it's NFC, is it do you tap or, uh, or, or do you scan? It just gets within range of the IoT connected vending machine and then the okay. two can communicate with each other. And then okay. depending on how, how much money you put onto the payment platform, it will know how much money is in there. And then from there, it's like a gas station. So from there, okay. there's a certain price per liter. I believe it's 2,500 Chilean pesos per liter. That's going off the top of my head. It could be off by a couple hundred pesos. And you just, you know, the per liter price, you put it in there and you say, I want half a liter, quarter liter, one liter, 1.5 liters, whatever you want. Press the button and it fills. I'll send you a video if you want to, so you can integrate that into the video. Does that sound good? Uh, that would be great. So okay. the, um, so the, the wallet itself, how do you get money into the wallet if you're a customer? It sounds a bit like the Starbucks card where you kind of fill it up with the amount and then you're burning down the amount and uh, that saves on transaction fees. I'm assuming there's a level of efficiency uh, there because you're not having to pay for kind of Visa or MasterCard or uh, handling of cash and uh, so forth, uh, all of that overhead. 
Yeah, there's definitely a lot of efficiencies saved by not having to deal with cash. In the context of COVID, it's obviously a lot cleaner and less risky. And so what, basically how it works is we're currently working with, with all the major banks in Chile and Visa and MasterCard. And the consumer can select which type of payment they want to use to put money into the account. And we're also looking at integrating with, um, especially as we move into other markets, city more emerging markets, we're looking to work with local fintech providers that are kind of popular with people that maybe don't have financial access to some of these other financial resources. So we mm -hmm. want to be very financially inclusive with our system as well. And the system's designed to make that really simple so that we can serve low, middle and high income customers. We see our solution is very much for anyone that sees value in paying the lowest possible price and not producing waste. Amazing. And let's go into the dog food side because that, that was new to me. So I'm still getting my head around that. So what, tell us a bit more about that delivery mechanism. So this system is going to be on the market within, I would say, two to three weeks. It will be actually out in the wild on the streets of Santiago. And it will work the same as the OMO system in that you have an app and you schedule the delivery and then the tricycle comes to your house and refills. So you don't, you don't have to buy a specific amount. You could buy a half. You, you, you'll be able to buy it by the kilo or maybe even a half kilo, I think it is. And then you can select how much you want to buy. You pay the same per unit cost regardless of how much you buy. We're, we believe we can likely have around 30% below business as usual supermarket prices. So there's a compelling value proposition there on cost savings. And the packaging we're using, obviously pet food typically comes in either multi-layer plastic paper bags or pure plastic bags. And those are generally virtually impossible to recycle. There's a lot of oils in there, they're multi-material and they just create a lot of waste and there's not much you can do with them. Maybe the best thing you can do with them is burn them and turn them into energy or something, which is not that great of an option. So what we're really excited to do is with Nestle for their Purina um, cat and dog chow is we have um, their large buckets. They, they can hold about 30 pounds, uh, 30 pounds, 15 kilos of pet food. And they're, they're basically like thick, fair kind of industrial plastics. The most kind of um, similar thing that exists on the market would be kind of those larger size paint cans. And the food will just get dumped into those paint cans from the dispenser with the same concept as you have a certain amount charged onto your, onto your digital wallet. And then based on that, it will determine how much, how much funds you can put or how much food you can put into the container. And what's really kind of um, beneficial for our customers too is dog food is pretty inconvenient to buy. If you go to retail and you buy dog food, you know, carrying around that 30 pound bag of food, is not that comfortable for a lot of people. So to have that at your doorstep is a really amazing opportunity for a lot of people. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I think it's really, and one of the things that runs through my mind is how much of this translates um, into different uh, uh, countries. Uh, because shopping in different countries varies a lot, doesn't it? I know that shopping in England is different to shopping in America, for instance. I remember when... Costco first came to England. And, you know, the assumption is you can buy a, a year's worth of toilet paper and take it home. But in England, people's cars are small. They have small refrigerators and small homes. And so people buy, it just didn't work. I, I think Costco still exists, but it's not like it is uh, over here. So how does that impact what you do in New York versus what you do in Santiago? That's a really good question. For us, it's really critical, absolutely essential that as we expand into new markets that we have local implementation partners who are experts and understand all the, every little layer of the system that where we're integrating into. We don't believe that we can take lessons learned from Santiago and plug and play them into San Francisco or into New York or whatever city it is that El Gramo goes to. So that local knowledge from the implementation partner and the local knowledge from the brands as well. The brands, basically, what's quite interesting with our model is that our success is their success or our failure is their failure. So we're getting a lot of support from our brands too as we move into new markets. And as an example, in um, New York, with the current COVID situation, we're working with Unilever and Clorox products. So that's a great opportunity to kind of um, ease the access to those essential cleaning products in the context of the COVID situation, which is, you know, there's a lot of merit and value in doing that. Right. So um, uh, that's, uh, that's a fascinating thing. We could spend a lot of time talking about different uh, shopping habits, but I, I imagine also it changes when, when you're in an American urban environment versus a suburb, uh, suburban in, environment. No, no. Uh, our current model is optimal for higher density urban environments. It would be challenging to, to do a lot of our, what we're doing in lower density suburban markets. Yeah. I'm not saying that's impossible, but currently we're more focused on and see more opportunity in kind of higher density urban areas. But that, that could be a, an opportunity for the future, but we're more focused currently on higher density urban areas. I think uh, I think it's great what you're doing, and I imagine there's also a social component, isn't there, as well? I, I mean, uh, you you've got more, you've kind of got this regular human interaction with this person that's bringing the tricycle around, and uh, that's got to be part of the benefit. You feel good that you're saving in the environment. You've got this connection with the uh, the, the person that's actually providing the the uh, the product too. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. The, the driver of the tricycle does have a real interaction with a person. It's not just like, um, it's much more of an in interaction you're going to get, say, with an Uber Eats or corner shop type um, interaction. And another important thing, too, that I'm seeing in a lot of discussions I'm having with a lot of people at, all, at the major brands that I'm speaking with right now is there's a major concern on getting people kind of life's essentials for the lowest possible cost given the context of a emerging economic downturn. So a lot of brands before when the economy was humming along, everything everything's doing good, there wasn't a major interest or focus. There might've been a little bit by some people, but there wasn't a wide scale major focus on 
kind of optimizing the cost so that you can get people critical resources for the lowest possible cost. But I'm seeing a lot more brands really truly concerned about that now. And I think Algramo, through the through its leveraging of technology technologies and business model innovation, is creating effective channels for brands to do that, to get products, life's essentials to people for the lowest possible prices. So one last thing about what your service, and then I want to move on to circular economy more broadly. Um, so how, um, how important is the IoT aspect? Because it seems like you could do what you're doing without having uh, uh, the payments wallet and the, uh, and, and the chip in, in, in the packaging. Is it, how important is it to what you're doing? Well, another thing that I should mention too is that we're looking to do the same type of system in, in fixed locations as well. It's not just the tricycles. So we're looking at being in strategic high traffic areas, could be something like maybe a subway in a mall, apartment building, okay. um, areas like that. Also in conventional retail, we're currently doing a pilot with one, one of the largest retailers. It's early stage, I can't disclose the partner, but it's one of the larger retailers in the Americas. And we're doing a pilot for kind of next generation, the future of retail. And we're going to have 16 products on that. And basically IoT is an important part of across our system because it, it's a good way to transfer, capture data and, and transfer the movement of data across the system. And when we're working with third parties, as an example, with a retailer, having that IoT creates real-time um, real verification and tracking of sales, which is absolutely critical in you know, managing financial payment, who gets what money from what sales. So that gives, provides a lot of security, especially in those contexts when there's third parties involved. It might not be as critical if it was just El Gramo and all the money was for El Gramo, but, <coughs> pardon me. But even in that context, we are in a margin with Unilever. So on the, on the products that we sell. So having that IOT and that connectivity with the cloud is a good way for, to share that information to be very transparent with our brand partners. So they can see those sales in real time, as opposed to, you know, at the end of the day, we sold X amount of the product. Very good. So, I think this is an important conversation. Not only I think is it hopefully making the world a better place, it's reducing the cost of essentials for uh, people who have less money. It's just a more efficient system. But I think it, it's, it's clear that sustainability is a major driver for these large corporations. And it obviously has a, a ripple through on the technology that's used, the way uh, the systems are designed. Um, so let's talk a bit about this circular economy driver uh, and double click on that. You know, what, what is the circular economy? Can you define it? There's, there's like um, over a thousand official definitions of circular economy. And I actually just gave a circular economy presentation yesterday. Okay. So I'm going to pull up that deck and give you a verbatim definition by the Ellen MacArthur Foundation, who I consider one of the global leaders in defining and promoting the circular economy. Okay, so just a second. So yeah, so Ellen, Ellen MacArthur is um, a world-renowned sailor, isn't she? she I mean, she, sails, she sailed around the world in record time as, as a very young woman, uh, and then um, started a, a remarkable career in philanthropy, and is really, uh, she's, she's actually got a couple of charities, but this one is, spearheading circular economy and they're, they're uh, amazing uh, 
organization. If anyone's interested in this, they should go to uh, the Ellen MacArthur uh, um, website. Absolutely. So with that noted, the Alan MacArthur Foundation defines circular economy as a circular economy as a systemic approach to economic development designed to benefit business, society, and the environment. In contrast to the take-make-waste linear model, a circular economy model is regenerative by design and aims to gradually decouple growth from the consumption of finite resources. And there's another kind of leader in the circular economy that I really like, and that's Eva Gladick from Metabolic. That's a, it's a circular economy consultancy, essentially, in, in the Netherlands. She defines the circular economy as a new economic model for addressing human needs and fairly distributing resources without undermining the function of the biosphere or crossing any planetary boundaries. What's interesting with um, the second definition by Eva Gladick is that she brings, she brings a little more focus on the social dimensions and on not crossing planetary boundaries. And ultimately, both for both definitions, what are some really critical aspects of the circular economy are basically keeping resources in the economy for as long as possible at their maximum utility. And as an example, with plastic packaging, there's um, Ellen MacArthur Foundation put out a report, I believe it was in 2017, and they noted in that report that nine, this is like the global plastic packaging system, 98%, and this is, so this is, you know, two or three years ago, 98% of the of plastic that goes into the global plastic packaging system, 98% is virgin material. We've been trying to recycle and increase recycling content for the past approximately 40 years. And in that 40 years, we now have a packaging system where 2% of the material that goes into the system is is, virg is non-virgin, is recycled material. And then if you look at the global economy in plastic packaging, there's out of all the plastic that, that goes into it, which in 2017 or 18 was 78 million tons, 14% is collected for recycling. Of that 14%, 4% of that, almost 30%, is process losses. So that essentially means it gets landfilled or maybe burnt and turn, converted into energy. And then 8% is what's called cascaded recycling, which means it's, it's turning into something of lower value. And then 2% is closed loop recycling. That's what enables that 2% um, that of the non-virgin feedstock. And keep in mind, we've been working hard for about 40 years to make recycling effective. So when you take a, like, I mean, this bottle here, this bottle by Unilever, this is their business as usual packaging unit. What typically happens is you buy this bottle, you, part of the purchase price is obviously the packaging, you use it once and you throw it away. With us, what you're doing is you're you, you have this bottle and you're refilling it. You could refill it for 10 years. So that's keeping, that's keeping that material, that plastic in the economy and out of the environment and reusing it, keeping it at its highest value instead of recycling it where it typically gets downcycled and only 8% of what's collected actually ends up being downcycled. 2% ends up being closed loop recycling. And that's, that's kind of key aspects of the circular economy in relation to plastic. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And I, I think engineers, this will really appeal to engineers because it's a very kind of system orientated, well thought through philosophy. And I mean, I, I think you said it, but, uh, one of the revolutions kind of epiphanies for me is and it's obvious i guess is you know we should 
reuse as much as possible. So yes, Apple can take a phone and disassemble it and, uh, and so forth, but isn't it better to find someone else that wants to use the phone uh, before you melt it down and, 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 and use up all this energy in the uh, uh, Absolutely, in that yeah. process? And, uh, um, you know, I, I love this because this is a pathway, not just to saving the planet, but for a life where we have better products that are that last longer that have real quality to them and so it's not uh, we, this fast fashion uh, um, tools that disintegrate um, so wasteful and uh, I think with the circular economy we can have a, a return to something that uh, really feels good to use and uh, you can um, you know have some feelings associated with it and uh, uh, I think it also connects people socially. I'm, uh, I don't know how you feel about that, but I, uh, I, I see just around me when you, uh, uh, these networks of people giving things to other people and uh, there's a sense of connectedness that you don't get when you're just throwing stuff into the trash. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, buying the cheapest possible thing, throw it in the trash, buying the cheapest thing, throw it in the trash. There's no connectivity there, but if you, you know sharing economy, that's an important part of the circular economy. A couple other really critical elements with circular economy are slowing, narrowing, and closing resource flows. And those all just essentially, like your, to your point, that would appeal to, to engineers. It's just maximizing the value and utility of resource flows within economic systems. It's, it's like, um, it just, it's what you should do. It's also eliminating the idea of waste. In nature, the idea of waste doesn't exist. When a tree's leaves fall off, they go to the soil and they enrich the soil that goes into the tree's roots, the tree becomes stronger. For us, a lot of things, we use them quickly, like a, a lot of plastic packaging is used for minutes, hours, or maybe a couple days, and then it just goes away. And the go away phase, there's no value on the material and it just, it just contaminates. And with plastic, the go away phase is hundreds of years. And at the rate we're using it, like I said, in 2017, I think it was, we used 78 million tons of plastic packaging. So. That's not, that's not a sustainable system. Well, Brian, this has been a real eye-opener. Thanks very much for spending time with us. Uh, if you're in New York, look out for this uh, incredible service that, that, that uh, you're launching. Uh, Al, Al Graham, where should people go to find out more about that? They can go to our webpage, which is algramo, A-L-G-R-A-M-O.com. And that's, that's the best place to get information. We're also on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. Very good. And uh, for more on Circular Economy, Ellen MacArthur Foundation, they have a podcast, which is super informative. And you'll hear Absolutely. how sailing around the world and having to make do turned into this incredible uh, uh, mission that's inspiring uh, uh, millions of people around the world. Brian, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much, Steve. It was an honor. Do you enjoy music? Yeah, I'm a very big fan of music. I like a lot of different types of music. Huge fan. Listen to it all the time. Yeah, I, I imagine Chile has quite a strong musical tradition. Do you partake of that? Yeah, there's quite a few Latin American sounds that I like. I think that the, there's a question coming up, I believe, about our top three favorite songs. I'm not sure if any Chilean songs would be in that top three list, but there's a lot of um, 
a lot of sounds that I like from Latin America without a doubt. Okay. Well, and so what are, are your top three? So my top three, I would say, would all be from the same artist, which is Thievery Corporation. Have you heard of Thievery Corporation? I have not, no. No? There are kind of, there are two DJs from Washington, D.C., and the DJs are in the back, and then in the front, there's people playing real instruments. They have about, I don't know, I, I would guess 20 to 30 people in the band, and they cover like Latin American sounds, Arabic sounds, jazz, blues, reggae, and they have this huge band. So when you go see them live, you get the two D DJs, and then you get these... Um, you get these sounds from all over the world with real instruments and they're all like really accomplished um, musicians. And there's a really interesting kind of like artistic aspect to the video and whatnot that's put into the show. So I would go with Thievery Corporation and three of my favorite songs from them are Sweet Tides, All That We Perceive and Heaven's Gonna Burn Your Eyes. Those are all some right. of my all time favorites from Thievery Corporation. Well, this is the first time we've had three songs from the same artist, but it sounds like there's a lot of depth there. So this is Washington, D.C. or Washington State? or No, Washington, D.C. Okay. And you, you lived there for a while, I take it? I've actually never... No, I, I haven't lived in Washington, D.C., but just last um, December before the... was the last place I got to travel to, actually. Uh -huh. And we were invited there by National Geographic for an award for Ocean Plastic Challenge. Uh -huh. And while there, I got to go to the to this Thievery Corporation has a bar and a record label. I think the bar and the record label are the same thing. They're called 18th Street Lounge. So I got to go to their, their bar slash club and check out that and see some Thievery Corporation relics, which was pretty exciting. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. The secret to visibly firmer, summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dull, dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Rich yet never greasy, Andaria Algae Body Oil is formulated with sustainably sourced seaweed to help replenish the skin's moisture barrier and seven nourishing active botanical oils for results you can see and feel all over. The best part? It's signature scent. A blend of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. This all-natural scent is unforgettable. Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com code GLOW.